It's an off day for your Minnesota Twins. The Yankees series is over, and the Red Sox are up next. Pablo Lopez is going to be a twin for the next half decade. What does it all mean? We're going to talk about those things and much more on today's Locked On Twins. So sit back, buckle up, and get comfortable, because Locked On Twins starts now. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, 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 what do you say? And thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever app, or if video is your flavor, check us out on YouTube. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get some housekeeping items out of the way. As a reminder, if you want to be active in the comments, we'd be more than delighted to see you down there, answer some questions, and just have general chit-chat, which is a whole lot of fun. So again, if you are watching on YouTube, please, please feel free to hang out in the comments and click subscribe and a thumbs up while you're at it. Also, if you have questions that you would like to see answered on the program, give them to me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren or at Locked on Twins, or if you have my email, if you have my Instagram, whatever. However you get them to me, I would be more than happy to answer them. Now, before we get started, we got to give some love to Ultimate Baseball GM. And that's, uh, if you've ever dreamed of being an MLB GM and managing your own baseball franchise, then this game is for you. So to download the game, you can either go to your app store on your Android or your Apple phone, um, iPhone, easy for me to say, and... Um, Look up the app. You can look up ultimatebaseballgm.com or on the app stores. It is Ultimate Baseball GM. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they enter the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, and one word in the game. So again, check out Ultimate Baseball GM on the app store or ultimatebaseballgm.com. All right. So since we last hung out, the Twins have dropped a pair to the Yankees and have been exceptionally streaky. There was a four-game winning streak to start the season, then two losses, then two wins, then two losses, then four wins, and now two losses. So the Twins are 10-6 and on this Monday off day. The Twins hanging out in New York for an extra day before heading to Boston to avoid the Boston Marathon, which really bogs down the city. And just makes travel a bit more hectic. So the Twins are going to avoid that altogether. Let's take a look back at the last two games of the series. Domingo Herman was actually quite nasty in the third game of the series. A 6-1 win for the Yankees. Um, some controversy, I believe, in the third and fourth inning. Herman uh, walking into the dugout in the third inning, I believe, was stopped by umpire James Hoy asked to wash something off his hands. When he came back out, uh, he was, again, told, you were supposed to wash this off your hands, but hadn't. And nevertheless, he was allowed to continue pitching. Uh, he was having a terrific outing. He looked like he had no-hit stuff early on, but manager Rocco Baldelli got thrown out Be as a result of that. Find out it's, it's um, rosin, so just like the rosin bags, 
that you see on the back of the mound at any given time. Um, but there was just too much of it in the opinion of umpire James Hoy. And so Rocco was fit to be tied, got ejected, and said to, um, well, well, Glenn Perkins on the broadcast said that he knew one or the other manager was going to get ejected based on whatever happened out of the situation. And Rocco confirmed after the game that he was not leaving the field without getting ejected, without getting an early shower and exit and trip back to the manager's office. So nevertheless, um, Herman dominates 11 strikeouts in six and a third innings. The Twins struck out something like 41 times in the series. I have the number here. Let me just find it. Yeah, 41 strikeouts, 10 plus strikeouts in each of the last two games of the series, 10 against Garrett Cole, 11 against Herman specifically. And in that game altogether, pulling that up here, 13 times. So, um, yeah, lots of strikeouts for the Twins right now. Um, not not looking so great. Garrett Cole was nasty. He was his typical nasty self on Sunday. And it's probably good for the Twins to have a day off to clear their head because um, they're all out of sorts. First of all, let's talk about someone who is all out of sorts, and that's Byron Buxton. Since he collided with Lennon Sosa near second base in the White Sox series, he's 0 for 12 with 10 strikeouts. The only time he's gotten on base is three walks, and two of them came in the same game. So maybe it's coincidental, maybe it's not. They did face, obviously, some pretty good pitching in the Yankees series, although uh, Johnny Brito got hit around a little bit in the opening game. But it's maybe time to have a discussion about if Byron Buxton is feeling okay. Um, obviously, we don't have any inside information on that, but obviously it comes to to question when he's playing as poorly as he has the last few games, uh, especially since he was not going to hit in his spot in the last plate appearance of the last game of the White Sox series when I believe Christian Vasquez was in the on-deck circle rather than Buxton. So if he wasn't good enough to hit then but was fine for the Yankees series, it, it makes you wonder, is he trying to play through something? Which, you know, we, we've obviously heard plenty of naysayers and other twins types who are trying to prove a point, say that he should play through injuries. But if this is what that looks like, uh, you probably got to reconsider that that stance. Now, again, I know he makes a ton of money and all that fun stuff. But, um, again, if he's dinged up or or legit hurt, this isn't helping anybody, not the least of which him, who, you know, he needs to take care of himself. So I think it's worth considering if Byron Buxton is not okay. We'll see if he's back on the uh, in the starting lineup for the first game of the Red Sox series because it's going to be against Chris Sale. So against a lefty like that, you'd like to have as many righties as you can. We'll see if that includes Buxton. Really the only guys who hit in that series, I'll pull up the numbers here. Carlos Correa had a OPS over a thousand. Uh, four of his three of his four hits went for extra bases, a couple of homers and a double. Um, Michael A. Taylor had a nice series, five for 13, 12 31 OPS, a couple of homers. But otherwise, uh, Christian Vasquez, four for 11, another decent series. But the Twins, as a team, hit just 211 with 41 strikeouts and six walks. And yeah, that's that's just not going to cut it. Um, you know, the, the fact that they split a four-gamer at Yankee Stadium playing like that is surprising. Uh, if you look at this, the pitching staff in the series, sub-3 ERA at 291, 097 whip, 
Um, 11.1 strikeouts per nine, 2.1 walks per nine. Uh, too many homers. That that was primary issue was too many homers. But otherwise, the Twins struck out 42 batters and walked eight in 34 innings. So the pitching staff continues to roll, and that's what keeps the Twins in these games. I posted on Twitter, and I still stand for for this exact point. Um, the Pablo game on Sunday where they lost 2-0, and more on Pablo in a little bit because we got some fun news about him. I feel like that game, the Twins probably lose like 6 or 7-0 last year. Now, it, is it because Chris Archer starts or Dylan Bundy? Is it because they just seem to be a little less intimidated at Yankee Stadium? I think it's any number of things, but I really do think that that last game, that Sunday game, gets way more out of hand with last year's pitching staff, with last year's um, luck, you know, to, to not to say – not to say that the Twins have gotten out of the woods as far as luck so far this season, but it just feels like a team that is capable of making more of their own luck this season and this time around. So, yeah, let's um, let's take a look here, too, at the rest of this series. Uh, 41 strikeouts. Uh, since April 5th, the Twins have struck out an MLB high 119 times at an MLB high 29.9% rate. That's a hitter. One, basically one in every three hitters. Um, the Twins did not have any games with 10-plus strikeouts prior to April 4th. In the 11 games since then, they've struck out 10-plus times on eight occasions. Now, again, they faced Dylan Cease. They faced Lance Lynn. They faced Lucas Giolito. Um, Domingo Herman's got good stuff. Garrett Cole, obviously, Cy Young candidate year in, year out. Jesus Lazar, defending NL Cy Young, only got them for five strikeouts. But since then, they have struck out an MLB high in terms of total times and uh, percentage of plate appearances. So, yeah, it's not been too great. Let's take a second here to tell you about ProBaseballGM.com or on the App Store. You can just look it up as a ultimate pro baseball GM, Uh, a lot of fun on this game Uh, locked on all caps is the promo code. You'll get a hundred percent boost in the game store. I I can't emphasize this enough. No strings attached. doesn't cost you anything. You just type in the code locked on in all caps and you get a hundred percent free boost. And again, too, thank you for making this show your first listen every day. We love to have you listening to locked on twins. Now, if you're an everydayer, that means, you know, if you're hanging out with us every single day, make sure you check out the t- – let me just start over there. Make sure you check out the show on Tuesday as we're going to have some Red Sox coverage. We're going to take a look at what has gotten the Twins to this 10-6 and 6 start and whatever else pops up, your questions, any sort of thing that pops up for a nice little post-off day episode on Tuesday. So come hang out and become an everydayer with Locked on Twins. Now, the big news of the day, Pablo Lopez signing a four-year, $73 million extension with the Twins. That was announced early Monday afternoon, late Monday morning even maybe, by uh, Ken Rosenthal had it. Craig Mish had it. He kind of had it first as far as um, he was a, he's a Marlins reporter who had it. And then it kind of blew up from there. But um, ends up being five years of commitment to Lopez with this season for a shade under $80 million. So 70 8.95 million for five seasons of Pablo Lopez. This buys out three years 
of free agency. Um, I vastly prefer a deal like this to the one that Jose Barrios was holding out for against from the Twins. And this is not 2020 hindsight. I felt the same way in the moment. The Twins were probably willing to go at least four, maybe five years with Barrios, but not the six that he ended up getting. So um, the Twins instead, you know, they make a, a shrewd trade that has worked out for both sides. Luis Arise is leading the free world with a batting average of 471. He's been absolutely terrific for a Marlins team that I think is hanging in there better than people expected. You know, they're not going to play real strong defense, and they're still going to have some question marks on offense behind Arise. But that pitching staff is legit. They throw the heck out of the ball. Lizardo throws gas. Alcantara throws gas. When Edward Cabrera comes back, 6-0 Sanchez. They have the horses to really fire the ball in there. So um, trading Pablo was a good move for them. Probably isn't getting this extension from them. Meanwhile, Arise doing well in Miami. Just a good trade for both sides. Um, Lopez's velocity has looked good. I'm going to pull up some numbers here from Fangraphs because, um, you know, I want to take a look at what he's been accomplishing so far this season in terms of velocity, in terms of, you know, adding that sweeper has been especially good for him, um, you know, in terms of getting swings and misses. Uh, he's at about 22% usage on that right now, um, which has come at the expense of his cutter, his curveball, and even the changeup. He's basically fastball sweeper right now. Um, Velo is up 95.2 mile per hour average. Previous career high is 94.0, and that was in 2021. So uh, some big changes there as far as weighted values on this pitches too. Um, Fangraph's pitch values love the changeup. They love the slider. Even the curveball is pretty good and the sinker is good. And really the four-seam fastball is, um, you know, it doesn't like the four-seam fastball as much. But as far as values for that go, it's pretty inoffensive considering most pitchers get hit fairly hard on those pitches. Um Swinging strike rate is a career-high 15.8%. First pitch strikes are up 65.3 for a career-high. And he's pitching in the zone less than he has before. So he's mixing and matching with in and out of the zone, lots of swinging strikes. Um, and he's just he's getting lots of swings and not a lot of hard contact. You can't help but be impressed by Pablo Lopez. And I did uh, push it to Twitter to see how people are feeling about this. I said I'd use the best answers on today's program. So uh, here we go. Tyler White says, in short, good. So he's feeling good about this. Uh, Matt Liefeld says it's nice to see him want to be here as a twin and build something with Buck and Korea over the next four years. Um, Scott gives us the Kip Dynamite, yes, uh, gif from Napoleon Dynamite back in the day. Let's see, what else have we got here? some reason it took away all my mentions so they disappeared um yeah that is strange i did do that uh but in general fans seem to be pretty universally positive uh about this extension we'll find some more comments here there we go uh a little strange that they got taken down um south metro center says yeah with a gif uh, Kale Loken says, really good move by the Twins, top 15, 25 starter in baseball with some more upside. And I think that's true. A lot of people have been seeing that if the um, 
if he's only as good as he was in Miami, this is still a good contract. If he's as good as he's shown so far in Minnesota, it's a huge, huge coup for the Twins. So I tend to agree with that. Uh, Joe Gunderson says, love it, smart move, good to get it done before he's really expensive. Um, Doug Munson says, these are not your grandfather's or father's twins. Aaron Doro says, it's good to have some guaranteed pitching locked up. Now, wants to see them lock up Gray or Malley for a few years too. Now, I did want to talk about Gray and Malley, both coming up for free agency at the end of the season. Um, I'm not opposed to Sonny Gray coming back. In fact, I'd rather like it, but it's going to be hard to find, I think, common ground in the sense that he's probably going to want more years at his age than the Twins are willing to give up, which I get, and that's fine. You know, they can give him a qualifying offer, maybe get a pick. I'm not sure if he's been tied to one yet. I, I don't think he has. But um, Tyler Malley, to me, and again, I know he's not been quite as good as maybe the Twins and their fans have hoped to this point. But I think based on the fact that they gave up as much as they did, they really have to pursue an extension. Maybe, you know, something in the three-year, $45 million range, four-year, 60 uh, To me, that would probably be about the right number to start at. I don't know if he would sign that. I don't know if that's what he's looking for. But to me, that is a um, yeah, that's a good place to be. But I think you have to consider Mally. Um, no problem with Gray, and if they wanted to bring back Kenta, if the deal is right, I really have no problem with that either. But also, too, they have a lot of guys that they're going to want to get a look at. Um, Louis Varland looked solid in New York. Again, three solo homers I get, but um, Eno Saris of the Athletic had some good things to say about his pitch repertoire that we'll talk about here in the final segment. Um, Simeon Woods Richardson, Bailey Ober still not in this mix, uh, Chris Paddock coming back at some point. So the Twins do have some options for this rotation, but in addition to Lopez coming back, and he, he was anyway, he wasn't a free agent until after next season anyhow, um, I would really like to see Tyler Malley prioritized, but, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Neil Roberts says he's ecstatic, gave up the batting champion to get him, but it makes sense to lock him up for five years, especially with the early results being so positive. And I'll say this. I tweeted that um, – so Logan Webb signed an extension with the Giants, and I said the Twins should do that with Pablo Lopez. Um, and what, two, three days later, the extension comes out. Um I'm not saying I put it out there into the ethos or made it happen, but I'm glad to see that that was on the twins' mind like it was mine, and I think uh, just an absolutely fantastic move to get it done. Um, number one, Luis Arise supporter says that I'm literally the biggest Arise fan out there, so not just a clever name. Um, says they still love the trade. Uh, Cardtown USA says this would have been a good deal in 2015. It's a steal in 2023. Chad Duran says, fantastic. They maximized the value of a rise and got a top two starter locked up. Now just get him some run support. Now, and I thought that was kind of poetic uh, for him to not have run support, considering he was traded for one of the most consistent offensive producers in the Twins lineup. Now, that's not me trying to justify or not justify the trade. I think the trade is fine. I think the trade is great. I think the fact that the Twins got two more minor league players makes the trade that much better. But 
I can appreciate the fact that this team's offense would be better with Luis Arise. Now the pitching would be markedly worse without Pablo Lopez. So I'm still I'm still staunchly in favor. I just think the irony shouldn't be lost on us that Pablo Lopez not getting run support is kind of a it's like a riddle wrapped in a you know um, just kind of just kind of strange. A um, couple more here. Uh, Joe Ryan's mustache says that he's. A great human at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Hashtag sportsmanship. I love that. You know what? We're going to end on this one. Duke was my guy says, I got excited. I'm still not wearing pants. Good for you. Good for you, Duke was my guy. Now, before we move on, we got to talk about So Rare. It's a new sponsor that we have it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans into owners you get officially licensed digital cards from all 30 teams uh two very fun ambassadors for this game julio rodriguez and juan soto um and this is different than other fantasy platforms you've been on you get to manage your own fantasy experience you buy sell whatever your cards and then you play against opponents and if you win you get rewards um, you still have your cards, whether you win or lose, and it's free to play. So um, the more you win, the more you advance, just like any fun game that is free. You just you keep on plugging away. And, uh, you know, it sounds to me like a game that if you like listening to this program, you would really enjoy playing it. Um, MLB game weeks, they happen twice weekly and are a three or four day cycle. Um, you can win scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. So, yeah, lots of all kinds of uh, – lots of cool different perks to playing this. And, again, it costs you nothing. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com. And draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on. And you can start playing today. Also, I want to thank you again for making the Twins your first listen every single day. Make sure, again, too, that you hang out with us tomorrow. We'll talk more Red Sox. We'll talk about the upcoming pitching matchups, which are also very interesting. And we'll just kind of look and see how we how sustainable we think this start is pitching-wise because um, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. All right, let's come down the home stretch here. I want to start before we break down the upcoming Red Sox matchup. Um, Eno Saris, who was a colleague of mine at Fangraphs and then Rotographs, has, um, he tweeted earlier Monday about the biggest stuff plus surgers among starting pitchers with at least five innings pitched. So basically stuff plus is a metric you can find on Fangraphs. Um, just kind of gives you an idea of how good a pitcher stuff is, um, you know, normalized to, uh, I believe 100, like most of the plus stats. Anyhow, he has Louis Varland second. Louis only made one start, but apparently his stuff looked a lot better than before. And I thought the fastball velo especially was really good. Uh, Tyler Malley seventh. I think the fastball, the high spin, high carry fastball at the top of the zone is going to be huge for Tyler Malley, um, especially if he's not pitching in a little league park like Yankee Stadium. Uh, And then Pablo Lopez, eighth. And I think that's blatantly obvious with not only the addition of the sweeper, but the velo has been good. The secondaries have been good. Um, 
you know, all of his pitches have a plus grade on fan graphs with the exception of the fastball, which again, fastballs aren't always that high. So not that strange, but, um, you know, Eno did also have a list of stuff plus decliners and Sonny Gray is on that. And I've been watching kind of some secondary analysis of Sonny Gray and it's early, but a lot of places have not been all that inspired by his repertoire. Um, you know, you can see it in his FIP, which obviously, you know, he's got a 0.53 ERAs. Of course, his FIP is going to be higher. And it's only 2.32. His expected ERA is 3.21. Um, hasn't given up a homer yet. So there's a lot of things in his profile that you'll expect to regress. But at the same time, too, um, I think I think that he can sustain a low batting average against because I think he can um, he can outsmart opposing hitters. And he's had some seasons with really low batting average against 193 with the Reds in his first season back in 2019, 203 the year after that. So 164 opposing batting average, uh, probably a little on the low side. But again, for the regression that people see coming, um, you know, he has pretty average velocity. The swinging strike rate, I want to pull that up here too, because um, yeah, 11.5%. So not amazing, but not bad. Any, any kind of regression is probably going to still get him in that three ERA uh, range. So, and again, to a decline also may indicate that he was higher up and got closer to the middle of the pack. Um, I'd have to reach out to Eno specifically to see what that means exactly. But I think if you look at Sonny Gray, you can tell yourself pretty confidently, yeah, he's not going to have a 0.5 ERA the rest of the season. Uh, but I don't think that's an entirely good reason to be all the way out on him, whether it's the rest of this season or, or any extension um, in terms of the purposes for uh, for your twins. So then uh, we have the potential. Uh, Max Kepler returned during the Yankee series, did quite a bit of nothing. I have the numbers here. Uh, 0 for 6 with a pair of strikeouts. Um, ran into the fence on the home run ball on Sunday that eh, probably wasn't going to catch one way or the other. I think it was, uh, um, I think it was a, a LeMayhew uh, home run. Um, so just, you know, he didn't look good. Um, and it hasn't looked good for quite some time. So, um, you know, we'll see about that. But he is back. He's healthy. Matt Walner gets sent out. Uh, sounds like Joey Gallo is going to be lined up to come back Wednesday. Um, the Twins will probably start Kyle Garlick against Sale and then ship him out would be my assumption as far as uh, a roster move there. Um, Jorge Polanco appears to be getting closer to return. Um, just this weekend, played back-to-back games for the first time. And I think Alex Kirloff seems to be trending well as well. Kind of confusing phrasing there. But um, Trevor Larnick has really hit the skid. So I don't know if he'd necessarily be the send-down move. But uh, one for th- one for 11 with five strikeouts in the Yankees series. And his OPS has tumbled and tumbled and tumbled right now. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Um, I know he was in the nines for the longest time. And now his OPS checks in at just 694. Um, 343 on base, but 351 slugging. So just not enough extra base hits. Uh, Three of his 11 hits have gone for extra bases. So you'd like to see more of that. But um, I don't know if he gets sent out or if they maneuver. Uh, You know, Willie Castro is probably going to go back at some point, but that's for Polanco. So, yeah, the Twins are going to have some tough decisions as guys come back. But, um you like to have those tough decisions, especially for an offense 
that is scuffling as bad as this one is. Um, let's take a look at these probables. You've got Sonny and Chris Sale on Tuesday. You've got Joe Ryan and Corey Kluber on Wednesday. And then Tyler Malley against Tanner Houck on uh, Thursday, getaway day. Uh, Red Sox will be coming into having played on Monday uh, against the Angels. They had a rain delay. Um, you know, just just not uh, not a real great day. They end up losing 5-4. They scratch and claw back after digging a pretty deep hole. But um, Shohei Otani has a shortened day because of rain. But, again, we're not talking about the Angels. We're talking about the, the Red Sox. So, um, yeah, the Red Sox, uh, if we run down where they're at, this is about as good of a chance as the Twins are going to have to get their bats right this early. Uh, 29th. Again, out of 30 in starting pitcher ERA at 681. 29th in quality starts with one. Their first quality start was on Sunday of the season. They were the last team in MLB to have a quality start. Uh, 26th in opponent OPS, 791. 26th in home runs allowed per nine at 148. 25th in errors. We don't necessarily love errors, but 11 of them means that there's something going on there. Uh, I mean, they're, they're bottom third in so many things, uh, walks and hits per innings pitched, bottom third in team batting average, bottom third in overall ERA, uh, stolen bases, which again, that's something the twins don't do either. Um, it, it's just, it hasn't been pretty for the Red Sox and they're lucky to be where they're at, um, which is still chasing in the rear view mirror by quite a bit, those red hot, scorching hot Tampa Bay Rays. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at this Red Sox team, and I'm, I'm just not that impressed right now. I was watching the Monday afternoon game, and they had Rob Ref Snyder batting third. Now, this is a team with a $181 million payroll. It's actually over 200 as far as the collective bargaining tax situation is concerned. But in terms of sheer cash they're going to shell out this season, it's still just a shade over $180 million. And Rob Ref Snyder, who was a twin for about a hot minute, is batting third for them. Like it, it, it's not because it's against a lefty. That was literally their lineup against Shohei Otani, one of the five best pitchers probably in the planet, on the planet. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, it just it things have not panned out. Um, Justin Turner hasn't done some done all that much for them, and then just. If you listen to their starting lineup from five down, uh, according to roster resource, it's Tristan Casas, who they're expecting big things out of, but then Christian Arroyo, Raimel Tapia, Reese McGuire, and Kike Hernandez. Like these are not the Red Sox of days of of, uh, old. Um, The rotation is Sale, Kluber, Hauk, Pavetta, Whitlock, and Bello. Um, Again, not a ton of household names, and if you have heard of them, Chances are they're in the mid to upper 30s. Uh, and the bullpen is is interesting. I mean, Kenley Jansen is Kenley Jansen. Definitely a name fans are going to recognize. But beyond that, it's John Schreiber, Ryan Brazier, Josh Winsikowski, Richard Blyer, Caleb Ort, and Cutter Crawford. Um, though, to be fair, Trevor Story, Adalberto Mondesi, and Adam Duvall are all on the injured list. So that's a third of a possibly quite good lineup that's on the injured list now again that also applies to the twins so um you know with that said this is not a team 
this is not a Red Sox team that should be as intimidating as, you know, you, you look at your early schedule and you have Astros, Yankees, Red Sox, and you're thinking, man, get out of April with your head above water and you should be able to make up ground. Looking at this Red Sox team, that that's just that's not going to be good enough. That's not going to be acceptable for the Twins to just hopefully eke by. You want to see the Twins take two or three here, if not outright sweep. This this Red Sox team just doesn't have it right now, and um, yeah, I'm eager to see what that's going to look like. Uh, that's that's it. Before we split, uh, thanks for making us your first listen and. If you are an everydayer, one of our friends who checks us out every single day, make sure you come back tomorrow. We'll talk more Red Sox. We'll talk about the upcoming series. Um, do a little bit of statistical breakdown of what has gotten the Twins to this point. But other than that, yeah, check out and follow on Twitter at Locked On Twins at Locked On M I N for Locked On Minnesota, and of course at Brandon underscore W A R N E as it shows on your YouTube screen. If you are watching, I follow us three. And five-star review on uh, any podcast platform that you're listening on. Like and subscribe on YouTube. All that fun stuff. We love having you check out the show and want to interact with you. So leave a comment, send us a tweet, send us a DM, whatever you want. We'd love to hear from you. Now, this is Brandon Warren signing off and saying thank you so much. And don't forget to stop by to Locked On Twins tomorrow.